Welcome to Lorehammer Listener Lore, the Warhammer 40k podcast where you get to write the script. If you would like to submit your story, you can email lorehammerpodcast at gmail.com. And if you'd like to support the show and maybe even jump your story in the line, or maybe even read stories with me, or maybe you have a story you would like to read to me, head on over to Patreon at Lorehammer Listener Lore and check out all the cool ways to get involved and support the show. Enjoy. Welcome to Lorehammer Listener Lore, the 40k podcast where you get to write the script. And today's script was written by Evil Ari. Welcome back. Oh, hello. Thank you. I feel welcomed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we we uh, are enjoying your your heretic sisters of battle. Some might say that's heresy in and of itself, but I disagree. <laughs> well, look, I'll, I'll let you know. I was so excited to share this uh, on our last podcast session that... I spent the entire session, the entire episode, I put my pants on backwards. <laughs> and I was, and ah. I was sitting there, I'm like, damn, this is uncomfortable. What have I done? I've never <laughs> heard that before. <laughs> yeah, so. Okay, know. okay. Uh, nerve, yeah. nerve and excitement. So, you know, let's. I, I've dressed myself properly today, though. So Perfect. that's a good start. And I haven't dressed at all in typical Panamark <laughs> fashion. Perfect. Good God. <laughs> well, look, it's, uh, you know what, as as long as uh, nothing happens, that's okay. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, do you want to give us a quick little refresher about uh, Chapter 1 before we dive into Chapter 2 of your story? Yeah, absolutely. So Chapter 1 was basically, um, what was it, Abigail was had been imprisoned by her order, the order from the Valorous Heart, her own sister's chapter. And whilst she was kept uh, un- uh, kept in a cell, she was ca- visited by this purple mist thing yeah. um, to talk about, to try and indoctrinate her into a new, uh, what's the word, ideology, I guess, to follow Slanesh, but also... I, I would like to call it God enlightenment, Emperor. I think. Oh, okay, going. enlightenment. There yeah, you go. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, she also had a visit from one of her good friends, Arabella. Um, now that I think about it, I probably should change the names around, but whatever. It's stick. It's it's stuck well, now. You you do call her like <laughs> Bell, yeah. More often than well, it's, it's more so. of an it's more of a an endearment thing between them two. Yeah, because mm. yeah, um, they're like good friends or something. Yeah, basically, and uh, and you know, Abigail got tortured, and <laughs> there's some more torture coming. Oh, perfect. <laughs> um, yeah, so in, in this chapter, it basically... Oh, I won't spoil it, but, you know. <laughs> we'll, we'll see <laughs> we'll where it go goes. From yeah. Absolutely. Uh, your story is called The Order of the Twilight Martyrs, Chapter 2. <clears throat> Abigail stirs from a dreamless sleep. The burning in her shoulders ache up her arms and down her spine. For days she hung there. The cuffs rubbed deep, bloody grooves in her wrist, and shoulders burned with a fierce anger towards her captors. Her own order and her sisters. Though hell they fought, 
or through hell they fought, together fighting in the name of the God Emperor, enlightening those to the holy light, purifying non-believers and cultists in holy flame, or at least she thought. She had dealt with pain before, war injuries, past repentance rituals, torture, the lot. However, uh, somehow this pain was worse. Was it guilt? Is she guilty of these crimes that she has been accused of? Or was the pain in her soul being uh, being abandoned by her? Or was the pain in her soul being abandoned by her order and sisters? She spent days sleeping in the corner of her cell. The cold, dark stone walls helped to soothe the burning pain from the lashes on her back. The abuse they repented superior, leaving Abigail's back littered red, black, and blue. She kept trying to move around her cell when the when the strength and her sheer willpower allowed. Scabs would break and bleed, the feeling of a thousand needles stabbing endlessly down her spine. Her muscles would cry out in agony, yet she still persisted. The more Abigail and this miss conversed, the more she fell into the ideology of this perfect emperor. As much as Abigail wanted to fight it off, she had a nagging feeling that this entity was right. The more it spoke to her, the more Abigail was interested in this perfect emperor. Her close friend, Sister Aber... Well, how do you say that? Aberella? Uh, Arabella. Uh, Arabella. Arabella. Yeah, yeah, Arabella. Her close friend, Sister Arabella, still visited her when she could. She brought Abigail food and water and cared for her wounds. They would talk during these times about what was happening around the ship, about this true and perfect emperor, but only in whispers weary about anyone hearing their conversation via Vox Steelers in the walls. That's a cool thing. Vox Steelers. Never heard that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was, um, lit, when I was reading the Eisenhorn trilogy, um, there's Vox Steelers everywhere and, and Vox, oh, I think they use Vox Thieves. I think that's the phrase, but I could have got mm -hmm. them mixed up. So, cool. sorry, continue. Very cool. Abigail steeled the conversation carefully with Arabella about this new emperor. She didn't want to scare her best friend away, but embrace this new way of life and belief. Arabella heard whispers of Abigail's potential punishment throughout the ship, some saying she would be let go without charge but carefully watched, others saying she would be executed without mercy. Even worse fates were brought up. The thoughts of her face did race through her mind since she was thrown in the cell. I could go on? Yep. Cool, no worries. <clears throat> A couple of days later, Arabella stopped coming in, coming as much. It felt colder and lonelier without her visits, but the entity had been visiting Abigail since her prison, imprisonment kept her company. It would come and visit her when she was alone, speaking in whispers about this true and perfect emperor. <clears throat> the emperor has a plan for you, Abigail. The prophecy foretells a great victory for you and in, in the emperor, the miss hissed and whispered to her. She sat there in the middle of the cell, legs uh, cross-legged, perplexed at this statement. How do you mean? I, I just complete the will of my emperor, Abigail paused. Well, to be honest, I don't even know anymore. She trailed off, looking into the corner. The energy in the cell changed, slightly more um, static and happy almost, as if this purple mist was grinning at this outcome, that Abigail's faith, uh, 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 Abigail's faith in her holy emperor was fracturing. 
tell me then, sister, what is troubling your thoughts? Uh, we still have so long to discuss these matters. Who knows how long we'll be stuck in the cell? A long silence ensued as Abigail pondered in her questions and reasoning. She repositioned herself, recrossing her legs and sitting up as much as her aching back would allow without pain. She swiped her matted, dirty hair aside and took a deep breath of deep breath of the recycled air. So if you say is true about the God Emperor being a physical aspect of the true and perfect Emperor, who are these other aspects? That is a good question, sister. A very good question. Let me try to answer you in the best way possible. The mist somehow mimicked sitting sitting down opposite Abigail, trying to mimic to mirror her inquisitive posture. These other aspects are what your Imperium call the Chaos Gods. There are three others that are known to us all. Abigail paused her breathing and sharply looked at this mist. She only knew of these other gods from her training and experience in the field. However, she was not aware of the true nature of these other aspects. Let me continue and explain explain it to you all, sister. Firstly, we have the true and perfect emperor, Slanesh, of course. They encompass all the ideologies and strengths of the other gods combined. Hence his absolute and true nature of the god of existence. Some worshippers take a certain sexual liberty to express a devotion to them. However, it's not necessary. Abigail had one of her eyebrows raised. In either speculation or disbelief, the mist could not say. Nevertheless, it continued. You then have Korn, the aspect of violence and bloodshed, the Lord of Rage. He sits atop his throne of skulls in his brass citadel, built upon the foundations of murder and conflict. Blood, viscera, and gore flowing from the many rotting mouths that line his red halls. His worshippers spill the blood of his enemies in um, in the name of him, who then in turn for Selenesha, of course. Savage demons, cunning Xenos, and even your brutal humans alike all spill blood in the name of the true Emperor Slanesh. The mist paused, as if either waiting for Abigail to comprehend, ask questions, or simply di digest what she just heard. She slowly nodded in response. Can continue, please. I, I want to hear more, Abigail said, slowly kneeling forward, looking eager for more. Thirdly, you have change. Aspect of ambition and sorcery, the master architect. He, he broods in his crystal labyrinth, plotting the downfall of all life. He plans, he plans and deceives humanity and Xenos all the same for the betterment of Solanesh and their plans for the universe. He hatches plant, plans well in advance uh, to see them out hundreds and thousands of years later. You are, you are one of these many countless plans to aid in the cause of Slanesh. Abigail is now hunched over, closer to the mist to envelop the words, the words it is saying. Lastly, you have Nurgle, the aspect of, of death and decay, the plague father. He torments those in his gardens of macabre paradise of death and pestilence with new afflictions he conjures up. All living things decay and fall into his plague legions, Xenos and humanity alike. Uh, the legions, these legions are given to Slanesh to spearhead assaults against any who defy them. Abigail was intrigued, but then asks, so how does 
the God Emperor fit into this picture? Oh, yes, yes, yes. The mist starts, shuffling towards her in, her, in its mock-sitting state. That is a long and terrible story, my dear sister. Sanesh realized they did not have any direct power over the entities through the physical plane. Change being all planning, uh, change being all planning and cunning, held an audience with Slanesh to explain that we needed an entity in the material universe to gain even much more power. After much brooding, Slanesh agreed and they ordered one to be sent. Thus, your beloved God Emperor came into existence. He united humanity, creating his sons and setting out to conquer the galaxy in the name of Slanesh. We were all saddened to what happened to him, half of his sons and legion turning against him. The mist trailed off, looking sad, almost a little blue at that statement. Now trying to get humanity to fall into Slanesh's control is greatly more troubling than they would like. But it is all, it, it is all coming slowly together, Abigail. You are a part of this plan. Silence filled the cell again, Abigail not knowing what to say or think for that matter. I will leave you, sister. It is time for me to go. It seems you have some visitors on the way. Prepare yourself, Abigail. This next step will be difficult to endure. The mist starts to f uh, start uh, stated as it starts to fade away. After this, I'll see you on the battlefield, sister. Until then, think on this conversation. Farewell for now. Abigail was left by herself once again. Stay uh, She stayed there with her legs crossed. She can't allow anyone to know of this. It'll be the end of her. Um, nearly, nearly done. Uh, three hours passed, and Abigail meditated on her knees at the center of the cell, praying to the God Emperor and in turn Slanesh for salvation and protection during this difficult time. The dull red light over the armor door changed to green and slowly opened. Three figures stepped inside, with another two outside the door, all in full-body armor and loaded bolters, most likely just for show, but also for the just-in-case scenario. All with jaw-length white hair and the white emblem of the Adeptus Sororitas over their shoulders and chest plates. A singular figure stepped forward in full ceremonial repenter superior armor, uh, Abigail immediately recognized her as her captor, April Drake, the one who inflicted the wounds upon her back. She held one of her whips in her hand, letting the end drop to the ground with a heavy thud, the sick grin and wide eyes staring into Abigail's very soul. Sister Abigail, your judgment day is here. Break. <laughs> the walk from Abigail's cell to the grand hall of the Sanctum Omega, Lucia's Sanctum, felt like it took hours. The endless hallways, bulkhead doors, and elevators all looked the same and felt like they were all going in circles. The four sisters surrounded her as they walked. They did not look at Abigail, their faces hard and looking forward with bolters across their chests. The heavy footsteps of the armor almost synchronized as they walked the passageways. Repenta Superior Drake followed closely behind, the narrow whip dragging behind her the charged and scraping and jumping around the corrugated floor. Abigail stared at the floor as they walked, the warmth from her bare feet leaching into the cold, rough deck plates, beginning to make them go numb. She received a fresh, pale white tunic from her trial before she left her cell. The bulges 
across and down her back showing through from the abuse that she sustained uh, days prior. As they continued to walk, Abigail noticed where she was in the void ship, an altar outside her designated quarters in front of the statue of the patron saint of the Valor's Heart, Saint Lucia. She stood about six meters tall, recessed into the wall and carved in an off-white marble with shades of red. Her holy blade molded in the same stone placed in front of her, held at the pummel with her left hand, while her right hand held out in front of her. The index middle finger, the index middle finger and thumb extended while the rest curled down. Towards the center of her chest was the emblem of the Order of the Valor's Heart on her on her long chain, on a long chain. A white metal cross and a red heart at its center and held together with the gray steel backing of intricate detail and design. As Abigail moved around the statue, the robes looked as if they had been flowing in a convincing optical illusion carved into the marble. A carved ruby teardrop glistened in the half-light of Lucia's left cheek, the iconic teardrop of blood on her cheek. Abigail stood tall with her head held high and stopped in front of the statue. The sisters took an extra step, assuming their prisoner would continue. Repentia, Superior Drake, I request to halt for a short time, Abigail stated with an authoritative voice. Drake chuckled, put her head down and smiled to herself. Sister Abigail, do you honestly think you are in any position to be requesting anything at this point? She mused. However, Abigail did not shrink away from the superior. Instead, she calmly turned towards Drake. Yes, I do, Repentia. We are standing in front of our in front of the mother of our order. The very least you could do is allow me to pray to our beloved Saint Lucia for protection and salvation over my judgment. I shan't be long. Drake uh, pursed her lips in annoyance, followed by a heavy sigh. Very well, sister. I will allow it. You have two minutes. Make it count. I thank you, Repentia, Abigail said as she turned towards the statue. The sisters, ab uh, escaped. the sisters escorting Abigail stepped back as she knelt down and dropped her head in front of the altar and lit a candle and, and lighted a candle to start her prayer. She prayed to Lucia for guidance and grace throughout this judgment and punishment. Drake interrupted Abigail's prayer, stepping next to her. Sister, your time is up. It is time to continue a walk of atonement to the hall. Abigail ignored her and continued to pray in hushed whispers. She started her prayer to the God Emperor, asking for guidance and mercy throughout this troubling time. How dare you ignore me when I offered you grace, Abigail? Drake trying to contain her rage, dropping, to, dropping her neural whips to the ground. Abigail looks up with the candlelit look, looking at the face faint of her saint, a tear falling from her own cheek. Drake's heavy, Drake huffs heavily and cracks her ribs against the floor. Last warning, Sister Abigail, get up and continue to the hall. Drake directed, grit, Drake directed gritting her teeth in frustration. A moment's pause as a tear from Abigail's teeth fell onto the altar, turning red as it splashed and back to get up and started to get up. As Abigail was halfway up, Drake's patience snapped and cracked her whip across Abigail's back from her right shoulder down her left back 
Her tunic ripped open, revealing her somewhat healed wounds across her back, still littered with bruises and scraping scab lines of vicious lashes. Abigail let out a small yelp of pain as the electricity spread out on her back and stumbled a bit, but slowly stood upright. The candle still lit in her cuffed hands, Abigail turned toward Repentia's superior. With the spine, with her spine mostly straight and her head held high. Let us continue, Superior Drake. I am ready to face my judgment. Any comments or anything so far you'd like to bring up? Yeah, about I, got, halfway? I got some stuff. Um, yeah, I always like how different people describe warp energies, like. Mm. How how they manifest and the feelings that come along with it, like you described as kind of like this crackling energy and of course the purple wisp. But and then like mm. I like the scene of, you know, the warp energy in the room, the energy in the room shifts and changes and you can feel it. It's like palpable. Yeah. Well, okay, um, I think it's one of those things. It's like, you know, you, when, when it's something you're talking something as inferior as the warp, it's such a weird thing. You know, mm. it's something that most humans wouldn't. I would imagine anyway that most humans wouldn't know how it feels. It would feel very different, very much like how uh, blanks, uh, well, the opposite end of how blanks feel with other people. You know what I mean? Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Such pure chaos energy or warp energy. Yeah, definitely cool how you describe that. I I was thinking too, like uh, when you're you're describing the different aspects in core and and. uh, um, all these different things, and then the God Emperor, how he, he his aspect kind of came around, and I was kind of putting it together like, okay, so how does this work? Like, um, okay, so forty K is dialed up to like eleven. That's that's what mm-hmm. it's known for. Everything is over the top with it. So like, in that sense, everything is slanish and excess. Um, yeah. You no, know, even corn, he's dialed up over the top. He has a sword that can cut planets in half. Like that's fucking metal how does that that's that's excessive in my mind yeah exactly yeah um so when you kind of look at it uh, through that light of like the 40k is dialed up to 11 therefore everything in 40k is really excessive and therefore worshiping slanish the true perfect emperor yeah exactly and and that's how i kind of reasoned with it yeah you know and and this is the whole thing i wanted something really vastly different obviously nothing Mm -hmm totally heretical and start writing you know erotica with face walls and sisters <laughs> or some shit like that <laughs> maybe that'll be my next that'll be chapter three. Oh, perfect can't wait <laughs> um but you know i think it's you know i i do find you know not beating on anyone else but i do find there is some law even an official law where it's all in the same where you know that this space cha- this space marine chapter is brutal and has is brutal and has nothing but cruelty and then every other (laughs) chapter after that is the same thing so i was like let's just use let's do something different and weird (laughs) yeah no it's a cool way to kind of like justify it um the other way i was kind of trying to justify this all in my mind was like and, and we'll see how your story progresses but like the lives of the story the there is this demon a liar maybe is it actually a teenage demon that is just doing some grand plot and like not even following slanish at all technically and it's just like getting off to the lies of it um and this this tale that this chinchian demon is weaving with this the fates of this soul um it was yeah. kind of interesting trying to like 
you know, just because nothing you wrote here is true doesn't mean that people in the universe, even the demons, don't believe it, you know? Hmm. Yeah, I, I, you know, who knows? It's all a mystery until it gets written at this point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. So we'll, we'll see how this plays out. But, like, I, I, yeah, it's interesting, like, how much of it's true? How much is it demon manipulation? Is it even slanish at the core of this in the first place? Hard. <laughs> Illuminati. Illuminati. <laughs> Um, right, yeah. no worries. Anything else, or can we keep going? Keep going. All right, no worries. <clears throat> Need those vocal exercises, I think. <laughs> yeah. All right. The dull light to the elevator shaft passed by slowly, lifting Abigail and her captors up and uh, into the upper decks of the ship. The moan of the elevator mechanism operating filled the shaft with noise, masking the dripping of blood onto the corrugated floor. Drake deemed it necessary to give Abigail a couple of more lashes, breaking most of the scabbed and healed skin once again, with an extra one here and there. The rear of her once fresh pale tunic now ripped open and bloodstained. Whether she deserved it for not following orders, or simply to appease the repenter's superior's sadistic nature, Abigail can only speculate. The candle Abigail, Abigail held since during her prayer at the altar of St. Lucia had melted enough to mostly cover, it, cover her hands as she walked. The burns from the white wax did little to compare the pain coursing through her body. It was becoming overwhelming. <clears throat> the elevator suddenly stopped with an echoing chonk. The dull red lights turned green and a monotone alarm sounded as the heavy doors slowly opened to a wide, long hallway. Decorated arches covered in golden iconography to the of the ecclesiarchy and the imperium. Every twenty paces on either side of the hallway stood steel braziers blazing with righteous fury. On the columns between the braziers supporting the arches, shining golden plaques na naming the heroes of the order, those who have had heroic victories against impossible odds, and mostly those who had given their lives for the betterment of the order and the imperium. Abigail always had always hoped her name would grace the plaques uh, to honour her, just to sacrifice herself for what she believed. She doubted that would ever come to pass now. The hallway stretched on for what it se what seemed like forever. Abigail glued, uh, glued her face to the end of the hallway, to the heavy decorated door, littered with purity seals and more golden icons and symbols. Uh, the seal of the Order of the Valorous Hearts set high into the heavy door. The plaque with Lucia's sanctum en engraved in silver lit with the fiery light of the braziers. They stopped in front of the door as Abigail stared up at the icon of her order. Drake walked up beside her, beside Abigail, matching her gaze. She sighed and looked at Abigail's sorry state. Beautiful, isn't it, Sister Abigail? It may, be, it may even be the last time you'll ever see it. Saying nothing other than saying nothing other than looking down at the melting candle at her hands doesn't matter now. May the Emperor show you mercy, sister. Drake said says as she weakly smiles at Abigail and knocks on the door with a heavy thud. Um, I can keep going with the rest of it. Sure. Yeah. <clears throat> the Hall of Lucia's Sanctum aboard the Sacrum Omega is one of is one of the grandest halls that Abigail had the privilege of of gracing the tire the tiring gray stone columns supporting arch supporting arches on flying buttresses edged in gold gold 
and ornate decorations of the order. Grandiose chandeliers hanging from the, from the centre of the arches, lighting the entire hall with bright and holy light. A long, a long white marble aisle stretched from the main door all the way to the raised platform at the end, uh, at the end where, the, where judgment resided. On either side of the aisle stood countless other sisters, mostly in their plate armour or other ceremonial gear. Abigail recognised many of the faces, but none of them regarded her at all, staring blankly forward. A small choir in black robes with white trims singing imperial hymns to the god emperor, their angelic voices echoing throughout the hall. Behind the choir stood the immense floor-to-ceiling stained glass windows depicting St. Lucia in similar style to the statue that Abigail prayed to earlier. All lit, up, all lit up by the local star cluster and light reflecting from the deep blue gas giant the fleet was orbiting. Her solidified hands covered in wax from a still burning candle, Abigail was given, was given an encouraging push between her shoulder blades to continue her walk. She stumbled and slipped on the smooth marble floor. The, fr the fresh blood drawn earlier fell behind her as she walked in bloodied footprints. She looked towards the candle as it melted, as if it lit her way to salvation. The choir suddenly stopped as Abigail reached the base of the raised, polished platform and dropped to her knees, her hands remaining one with the candle and the blood from her wounds oozing towards the ground around her. She looked up, seeing Canoness Genevieve in, a fiery in, a in, a in her fiery and glorious piety. The black power armor, highly decorated with gold and white edging, and, and imagery depicting various the various images of art from the order she commands. <clears throat> Attached to either side of her power pack were torches powered by the exhaust gases, em emboldening her image of Saint, Saint Lucia. The crackling from the torches on her back echoed down the grand hall, and in the silence that replaced the incanta incantations of the ecclesiarchy. Her master-crafted bolt pistol engraved in exquisite detail and symbols, the valorous heart emblem stamped, stamped on the base of the stock hung from her belt. Her power sword lay dormant in its sheath. However, Abigail could also see the symbol of the Order of the Heart on its hilt and pommel. In her right hand, the staff of office was held at her side, the shaft covered in a glistening white metal and topped with a black cross and a carved ruby at its heart, um, carved ruby heart at its center, the uh, the pommel a deep black. After many decades of brutal fighting over thousands of worlds, cleansing cults and burning heretics, Canonist Genevieve had a harsh face, with her jaw-length hair now naturally a, sil a silver silvery white. Her old cruel eye and optical implant glared through Abigail as if she, uh, they were able to see the guilt and terror in her very soul. The command squad stationed behind her made up of a personal bo a personal group of nine ca ca um, Celestine bodyguards, all equipped with shields and lightning maces, bolters hanging at their belts. Dearest sisters of our holy order, the canoness started, breaking the awkward silence. Her stern, hard voice echoed down the hall, her sight going over the crowd of sisters. We have all been brought together in in the light of Lucia in her, in her great hall upon this ship to cast judgment upon one of her own. She finished as she get she finished as she cast her gaze and end and the end of the staff upon Abigail. Her eyes now glued to the floor and the candle. 
Sister Superior Abigail Hellestry is charged with treason against the order for not uh, for not for allowing not one but three convicted heretics free from our holy flames of our God Emperor. Sister Hellestry, how do you plea? Again, silence permeates the halls before Abigail barely whispered her answer. Innocent, my dear Canoness, her head still hanging down. Innocent, Genevieve whispered back, replying in shock at the plea. You've committed treason against your own order, against the ecclesiarchy, against the imperium, she yelled. Yet you claim innocence in the, li in li in the light of St. Lucia. Now pointing behind her to the glass depiction of the painter on saint, saint with her staff, Abigail looked up and saw the rage in the canoness's eye, the disbelief across her face. They were light. Uh, sorry, they were holy in the light of the emperor. They were innocent. Cried Abigail, her back aching as she yelled. That section of the planet was to be purged for having traces of cult activity as dictated by the ecclesiarchal reports. Yet you, Sister Superior Hellestry, believe you know better. The canoness's words dripped with sarcasm. Abigail dropped her head again, tears dripping, uh, drip, dripping down her face as sil silence permeates the hall once again. Canoness Genevieve's cold, cold gauntleted hand came underneath Abigail's chin and lightly lifted her face. Almost, almost as if merciful Lucia came over the canoness, in a caring and almost motherly, motherly tone, Genevieve spoke. My counsel demanded that I execute you as soon as you knelt in front of me, my dear. However, I believe in repentance for most sins, so I have decided to show you mercy. Thus, I declare you, Sister Superior Abigail Hallistry, to join the repenter for an indeterminate dura duration of time. This will conclude when I and my council believe you have adequately repented for your sin. Abigail started to cry silently, coming to the realization of her sentence. The canoness continued, Sister Sahara Kane, please step forward with your squad. Kane's squad stepped into the center aisle, nine others marching down towards Abigail. The light, uh, the light of the stained glass windows, window of St. Lucia reflected on their black armor, the hall, the hall again silent as they walked. They stopped in front of Abigail, saluting the Aquila uh, to the canoness before Cain speaks. Canoness, how can we be of assistance? Genevieve straightened her posture, almost drawing herself into a stern, frightening image of St. Lucia herself. Commence the oath of the penitent. Penitent. Words are hard. <clears throat> As as you wish, Canoness, Cain lightly bows as, as, as she stutters out her reply. Genevieve lowers her eyes towards Abigail, the staff of the ruby, with the ruby heart raised in an official stance. You may start your oath, Repenter, whenever you are ready. Her gaze now fixed right on Abigail. <clears throat> she shuts off her emo emotions. Abigail needed to do this to recite her oath, word for word, to mean every word of it. To make it convincing, she cleared her throat and began slowly and clearly. I am far from absolution, lost to any ex lost to any ex exculpation. Exculpation, that's the word. I offer myself to rep to repentance before the God before the emperor. I have sinned beyond forgiveness, beyond forbear forbearance, beyond mercy. 
two of the sisters in Kane's squad came and stood either side of her and roughly removed the bloody tunic um, and threw it at Abigail's feet. The scars and, wound, uh, scars and wounds, old and young, littered her back. It, it was replaced with a dirty patchwork tunic that barely fit her body, but was covered nonetheless. We turn our backs on you. We cast off your armour and your arms. Kane's squad said in perfect unison. A tear ran down Abigail's face. She continued, I leave this company of my own free will, and by my will I shall return. I shall seek the Emperor's forgiveness in the darkest places of the night. The sister to Abigail's left produced her battle knife from her belt and roughly cut her hair, um, as the other sisters, again, in perfect unison, recited their portion of the oath. When, forgive when forgiveness is yours, we shall welcome you back. Until such time, you are nameless to us. Abigail's perfect bone-length uh, bone white hair is no longer. Now a savage haircut of sacrilege, a physical representation of how much she has fallen, fallen in, in the eyes of the Order. Another tear from a stoic face as she finishes her part of the oath. See me and do not see me. Know me and no fear, for I have no face today but this one. I stand before you a sister repenter until absolution finds me once more. Canoness Genevieve stood in front with her staff across her chest, staring through Abigail, and finishes the oath with the subtle words leaving her lips. So it shall be. As Abigail is picked up under her arms, one final tear dropped onto the candle, putting out whatever was left of the small flame. Wow, okay, so very cool. Um, I think my first question for you is, how much of that oath did you take from the official Repentia oath? Because I know there was a lot of lines that were definitely from it. Like I remember reading, see me and do not see me, know me and no fear. Like I, I know a couple of these. So how much of this oath kind of did you add or change or? I, I copied the whole thing from the from the lexicanum and just okay. put it in there and just redid it because I yeah. did ask a while ago when I was writing it in the chat and I was like, look, should I just include the whole thing in there or not? And I think someone someone came back to me. I think it was Geralt actually, or someone or Rayway maybe it was like, well, there's not a whole lot of sister stuff, so screw it, add the whole thing in there and make it work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I one of my favorite Lorehammer episodes is when we did the the Sisters of Battle, and at the end of it, we recited this oath. So I was mm -hmm. the Repentia, and I had Eric Jordan and Christian all lashing me and whipping my armor off, and they were doing that <laughs> part, and I was doing it. So it was super cool, like reading, you know, the direct kind of scene now, and not just a joke of it. I really enjoyed. I enjoyed the oath, man. Very cool. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Um. So other thoughts I had, uh, this was from the pr a little bit earlier, uh, the mm -hmm. altar with the teardrop that turns red. That was, mm -hmm. that was pretty cool. Um, can you describe that a little bit more? In terms of what it actually means? Yeah. I haven't got that far yet. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Um, yeah. I think that'll probably be in some sort of future chapter, if I remember this, out of it in there somewhere. Yeah. So... It, it was just like kind of like a cool little yeah detail where yeah she too had that kind of tear and it falls and then it turns red and just like maybe she is on the right path if she's doing the same thing as saints do like yeah well i think that's what it was or i think if anything it was her she was innocent she was, yeah. was pure and she's been wrongly convicted i think that's probably where i was going with it originally 
Mm. Um, so yeah. Yeah. It was, it, it, I enjoyed that little detail of it. Um, just in terms of your writing in general, uh, I like, you're a great writer, obviously. Um, Oh, thank you. I, I think one of the biggest things I've learned about writing recently is through chat GBT and just to include yeah. all the different senses you have and, you know, not just visual. And I think you nailed like a lot of senses from the feeling of the cold corrugated metal on her feet to, you know, the, the, the beautiful visuals of the purity sealed door and the engravings and mm. all that, like, yeah, you did a great job with uh, just painting the world, man. Oh, thank you. I, I appreciate that all the all the feedback. You know, it's it's you know, I didn't not necessarily pull my heart and soul into it, but you know, I I did make sure that it it read well, it explained everything well, and it was yeah. just generally just coherent. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah, like it it really is like that. I don't think there's any parts of this where I feel like the story kind of slipped or this part wasn't quite needed or interesting or like. It all felt really nice. I can't wait to see where this goes, really. Oh, thank you. Yeah, look, I'll, I'll get on chapter three, get that written. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, thank you. I, I appreciate all the feedback, and I hope um, all the other listeners enjoy it and um, in, and hopefully have good feedback too, fingers yeah. crossed. <laughs> I was worried for a second there in the story that uh, she would be stuck with the sister superior that was lashing her when she was stuck yeah, into the yeah. squad but then it was cool yeah you have the, all the other ones sister kane comes forward and yeah cool introduction to some other characters that may not be as harsh and unforgiving yeah i i think that was just more of a i need someone else in this at this point and mm -hmm. to have like the another squad there was like i think that just that perfect time to put it could yeah, i have done yeah. the sisters that exhorted her with drake probably but sure. I think it's just it just brings in someone else for it maybe as a an example or something I don't know so yeah just a different um, element of what sisters can be like um like yeah no I think you introduce it at the perfect time one thing I like about your writing too is um it doesn't get too caught up in like 40k naming conventions like there's the odd time where you talk about um like the Celestine bodyguard or whatever you call them. Yeah. There's the odd time where, you know, obviously we mentioned Repentia a lot, but it wasn't just like you're naming unit after unit after unit. And that, <laughs> yeah. You know, sometimes that can happen oh. with writing these things. Yeah. Look, I'll, I'll save that for the Lexicanum article if I write that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and yeah, it's just one of those things, like other than like the naming conventions for um, all the characters, I went on to uh, like a Warhammer name generator. Perfect. And, yeah. Yeah, and it, ha and it has that stuff for like sisters, for Imperial Guard, for Space Marines, and everything yeah. like that. Um, I think it's like your first thing you look up. I think Roma Plastic or something. But okay. you know, I just googled that and just kept re regenerating until I found a name that I liked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it so. it all was perfect, man. Like it, I really enjoyed it. Um, well, fantastic. Yeah. Thank you for that. Thank you again. Thank you to all your listeners, and I hope. Uh, they all enjoyed it just as much as you did. So, when can we expect a part three? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever I get around to it. Okay. Okay. Well, no, leave uh, us well, on that cliffhanger. Yeah. Like this is almost like the climax, the changing point. You know, now. Yeah. Judgment's been passed. She's now doing something completely new to her. Yeah. So, so my vision for this so far 
would be chapter three would be like a battle like a battlefield scene um it'll be you know some sort of maybe introducing a maybe another character that will be dragged into the, the uh into this new order yeah maybe a couple i don't know yeah um and I'm... yeah that's really about it i because i've i've hasn't i haven't really touched on any type of fighting stuff writing wise so okay. i think that'll be interesting Mm -hmm. um, whether I don't describe it enough or describe it too much, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're going to describe uh, it the perfect amount. <laughs> that, oh, the thank metallic you. Thank taste you of that. blood in the mouth, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, oh, I'm definitely no curious to yeah. see how, um, not Abigail, but uh, uh, the other Arabella? lady, Arabella. I'm definitely curious mm -hmm. to see how she gets now tied back in eventually because she's not a repentia, but. You know, somehow no, they're going to no. bump into each other again. So definitely a yeah, lot absolutely, of like, little yeah. plot points to get into. So Plot points, tidbits and everything. I think maybe next chapter will be a bit of a bolter porn, fight porn type of thing. Perfect. Because um, I'm, I'm imagining like a lot of fighting in it. Um, so hopefully that will go my way, fingers crossed. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very cool. Um yeah, yeah, no worries. Well, thank you for that, Mark. I appreciate your uh, your patronage and and me sharing my stories. And hopefully, I'll get a couple more out there. Yeah, for sure. Uh, if you ever want to read anyone else's stories with me, you're always welcome to make fun of other people's stories with me. Um, but <laughs> make fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, well, well, let me know if if I farm online. You know, just send me a message and I'll pop on if I'm able. So perfect. I love it. Um, well. Thank you for writing. Uh, if you guys have lore that you would like to submit, you can submit it to lorehammerpodcast at gmail.com. And if you want to just read somebody else's lore with me, probably the best thing to do is hop on Discord, shoot me a DM, and we can set up a time to record. Uh, thank you, Evilari, Evilari, for writing. And uh, we'll see you on Chapter 3. No worries. Thank you. See ya. Adios. Thanks for listening. If you would like to submit your story, you can email lorehammerpodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to check out our Patreon page and support the show at Lorehammer Listener Lore. See you next episode.